everybody. Thanks for joining us again for another great edition here of Talking Tigs. I'm Scott Gerard, Tommy Johnson, and Daniel Zollinger. Uh, hoping y'all have a good lead up to Thanksgiving week. Uh, we've got a lot of things to talk about, uh, including LSU's win over UAB, the pesky UAB Blazers, at least for like a quarter or so. Uh, but the Tigers get the win, 41-10, closeout senior night in fashion. Got to talk about that. Everything else that went on in the college football because it was so, so close to being uh, uh, upset Saturday across the board. Uh, can't wait to talk about some of these games. Um, and then, you know, what lies ahead for the Tigers and everybody else. But before we do, gentlemen, I see you're in Louisiana uh, together again, uh, probably not too far away from each other, too. Uh, how are y'all doing this Thanksgiving week? Yeah, good Good to be with you. Like you said, Thanksgiving week. Um, Thanksgiving week always means a big week for college football, kind of the you know, rivalry week. So we're excited about that. And you're right, me and Daniel are probably about seven minutes away from each other right now. Um, good to be back in the in the same town. And happy to be talking about LSU with you today, Scott. Right, yeah, back home for the first time since July uh, in, the, in the great state of Louisiana. So that's fun. We're recording this rare morning podcast here <laughs> due to some, some technical difficulties, uh, but we're, we're coming in at all hours of the day. You had mentioned before the, the thing, Scott, that we're getting the 11 a.m. kickoff. So hopefully we can perform better than LSU against Tennessee. Uh, but yeah, happy to be here. Exciting weekend of college football both past and coming up. So uh, a lot to go over there. Right. And, uh, but, you know, kind of like that game, we, you know, we, none of us fumbled the opening kickoff. So I, I think we're already doing better uh, than the Tigers that game. But I will say this, because it's been on my mind uh, before this, even before this weekend, before Tennessee got literally blown out by South Carolina, that was an interesting one. Um, uh, it was it was that that game was decided before you know unfortunately Hinton Hooker's uh, season came to an end off that uh, awful injury. But I feel like if LSU and Tennessee played again, I know we would not see the same game. So uh, I mean we're never going to have that opportunity. But I just wanted to state that for the record. Um, but anyway, yeah, 11 a.m. Team can do it, and so can we. For you <laughs> folks at home, so here we are. Uh, yeah, I did have a power outage for no apparent reason uh at home last night but we're here and uh we're gonna do it uh i think the playoff ranking should come out again today i don't think the tigers will i don't know maybe they'll stay this well no they, they may move up one they'll probably jump ahead somebody ahead of us i don't know usc but again i think usc might be literally you know fool's gold but we'll talk about that first we got to talk about this tigers win i don't know it's a great win get you know stay on track um i, I thought we would have seen nuss come out but it it was not going to be uh we did see a lot of noah kane though uh but that was also because of you know uh, josh williams was absence sat him out a week totally okay with that um because like i said noah kane was there um it did suck to hear though that we we lost our money good one for the season yeah uh, apparent knee injury i'm guessing in practice or something um, but sucks. Um, we'll miss him, but, uh, I, th- I think we will, we'll be okay. And, um, I thought it was, man, UAB came out of the gates pretty pesky, right? They, they said, these guys have no special teams and we're going to exploit that right away. Like, oh, damn. And then they went down and scored. So, but you know, then I think LSU's defense kind of, kind of figured it out and shut them down the rest of the game, obviously in offense pretty much just did its thing. Um, you know, just kept it safe. It was, 
it was kind of nasty out there. It looked like, you know, the water was just covered in grease, uh, at least at least to John Emery. But <laughs> no, yeah, really. I, I kid, but, you know, it was it was pretty nasty conditions. So I, I think for that reason, it was good to get, a, a, you know, get the win, get out of there. Uh, you know, no, no damage, no further damage done to the team. Um, what, what would you say in, uh, in summary, Tommy? I mean, I think that it was, it was a good one, um, to, to, you know, get, get over, get out of, uh, I think you're right. The, the weather and even, even what you saw on TV, it was not fully reflective of how bad it was. Not necessarily that it was like, you know, it wasn't a, a downpour on the game or, or anything like that, but it was just cold. It's that wet, bitter cold, um, which, you know, we're not that used to, uh, the, like you said, the ball real slippery, um, the, the field, you know, it had rained kind of all, all day and a little bit the night before too. So, um, you know, that field that had a lot of time to soak in and, and really, you know, just become a, a mess. And you saw that with some with some slipping and like you said with with John Emery's troubles with uh with holding on to the ball, which I guess he's had trouble with when it's perfectly dry as well. But um, you know, th- that was I think that the the weather had an effect, and I'm glad that we just were able to, you know, kind of gut it out and, and get the win. Um I think you're right. You know, the defense, except for when when kind of special teams let us down and, and set uh UAB up with a with a pretty much prime position um other than that the defense looked great offense looked great um you know we didn't really i wouldn't say we let them hang around too long i think it was just that with with that first you know we go up seven then they then they answer back with the with the 70 yard kickoff return and then uh, uh, they punch it in you know that puts us on our heels a little bit but we we made up that ground pretty pretty uh, easily and you know it was a convincing win at the end um so uh i'm glad i'm glad that we were able to i would say it, it wasn't the uh the traditional lsu let them hang around maybe you're down you know going into the half and you score real quick to go up because you because you could not go into the into halftime losing to you know directional right. school um so i mean i i, th- I think it was fine um we did what we had to do and I'm, I'm ready to, to, uh, you know, get ready for, for A&M. Right. It was a efficient win in tough conditions. We did everything that we needed to do without providing too much stress. Uh, it was a late game and rain. That's and another cold. good point. It yeah, late, it, late kickoff, really late kickoff. I was only able to watch the, the first half being in Eastern times. It was hour ahead. Plus I had an early flight the next day, but, uh, I saw all I needed to see, and from what I understand, the second half was kind of more of the same as far as just pretty good offense, defense locking them up. Jaden Daniels was back to his normal antics, being pretty efficient and protective of the ball, as well as um, chewing up some yards in the ground game as well as he was our leading rusher. And that was a good good sign to, to bounce back after a, a tough performance in the Arkansas game when their defense mostly held him under check. Um, like you had mentioned, Scott, we were without our – top two running backs with Josh Williams getting held out the game with a, an injury and then Armani Goodwin done for the season. So those are tough blows. Hopefully uh, Williams is back for A&M this week. And um, yeah, it forces us to use some other options with Noah Kane picking up three big touchdowns on the ground. 
Uh, and then Jaden Daniels ran as well. Uh, Malik Neighbors had a really nice game over 100 yards receiving. He's emerged as like a just pretty much our solid number one option and should be next year as well. Um, and then the defense, they did their their normal thing once they settled in after that first drive. Uh, just too much pressure on on AM's quarterback. He had a, a rough night. And then so overall, just pretty solid performance, which is all we need at this point, uh, looking ahead to to the final SEC game against AM. Yeah. And uh, uh, another note on that on the running back situation, I I've, his name escapes me, but I think we're so thin there now uh, that I think there's some safety that's converted. Derek, yeah, Derek Davis. There you um, go. Thank you. Played, played, like I was at the very end, he goes in. Now he looked good. That's the crazy thing. I saw number twelve go in at running back, and I was like, "Wait, who is that?" And then he started running, and uh, and and was making good cuts um was you know uh, very quick looked decisive in the hole was was able to you know it's like sometimes the challenge even even with a with a great talent like john emory you see him and they rely so much on their speed that they don't want to get up they don't want to get up and down they want to mm-hmm. try and you know wait wait it out run to the run to the sideline and try to cut up but 12 was was ready to just dive in there so you're right it was very interesting to see that um, I mean, he looked good. I don't know if that's going to be, I don't know if we're ever going to see him, you know, in an SEC game, but it was kind of cool to see. Yeah. Well, hopefully, people, hopefully people we don't have to, <laughs> but, um, oh, by the way, his numbers, uh, he was five rushes, 28 yards. I only, uh, for an average of 5.6 a play, I only mentioned that because the flip side of this coin, which is, I guess, another tip of my hat to, uh, what LSU's defense did kind of under the radar is, uh, UAB basically had the the number two running back in the nation. Guy had like fourteen hundred and forty yards. Dwayne McBride. Uh, they shut him down. He he ran thirteen times for thirty four yards. He did get a TD, but that's that one TD they got after that uh, really good field position uh, uh, special teams play. So just had to had to mention that. Um, so Dana, what yeah, you know else can say? What's that? I was going to say one thing back to Derek Davis at running back. People were talking about that on Tiger Droppings after the game. And then he apparently that was his primary position in high school was a running back. And he played safety like a secondarily, but uh, they recruited him for safety because of his size. And so I was watching his highlight films. He had 10-minute highlight films of running back just ripping off 80-yard runs like back-to-back. Huh. So that's kind of been an ace up their sleeve, I guess, for a while. And I agree with you, Tommy. It's going to be harder for him to get yards against Georgia or A&M than UAB. But this strange this is two years in a row we've played people at like weird positions with jerry jenkins at quarterback yeah well, the crazy thing is is that uh i mean it's interesting that you say that we we you know recruited him to safety for his size because i mean he looks he looks he doesn't look like a running back for one he's he's a little bit skinnier you know you would think that, that you know mm-hmm. if he was if he was going to be primarily running back they probably want to put a little bit of weight on it um but he's tall and, yeah, you know, like five eleven or something. Yeah. And when he stands, when he stands back there, and you know they handed the ball up to him, I'm like, man, he he's he's towering, <laughs> like as he as he runs and and hits, you know, hits the hole. So it was, I mean, it was cool to see, but uh, definitely a, a little bit of a, you know, jarring when you're like, wait, who is that? Looked yeah. great though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of looking great, uh, Jane Daniels did look pretty good, even though you know the ball looked like it was coated in peanut oil. He was 22, 29, 297 yards for, you know, one TD, no picks. Uh, 
I'm great. Like you said, bounce back after, you know, what we saw against Arkansas, um, which I guess is, as the more we hear about it, it's, you know, there's a lot of flu games going on, but uh, I don't know. I don't think we really have to worry about him in any really you know particular situation. Hopefully that Arkansas game was just the worst we saw of it because of the flu. Uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if we can just keep rolling on next week at A&M. They would love to ruin what we have going this season. Uh, I don't know that they can really stop it. Only maybe we could help them do that. That would be my assessment. But, you know, I guess, I guess we'll see. You know, A&M gets the night game. Uh, as, as light as it might have been in Tiger Stadium uh, for this UAP win, wow. it was worse at, at, uh, at Kyle, Kyle Field. Field. Yeah. Uh, like, they, they put – like, what – imagine if LSU had that game. Like, they, they were beating UMass – 10 to three at like in the third quarter. That's just crazy because UMass is one in 10 and like only one other team in the country scored as few points as they did 20. Uh, it's just crazy. <laughs> they, man, I mean, it's, it's really, I mean, they're, it's just bad. It's just bad in college station. Um, the, the crazy thing is, you know, there's, they do have the, all the people were like, there's so much talent. They've got the best recruiting, and they do. I don't know where it is or what's happening to it. It's still there. It's still on the on the on the depth chart. I don't know how long it'll be on the depth chart after this. I think that uh, and, and they even mentioned this in Brian Kelly's um press conference. They kind of hinted it. <clears throat> you might be you know this this end of the season. There are teams playing who don't really have anything to look forward to. How do you deal with that with you know that within the within the context of the transfer portal? And so, you know, almost hinting it, and we, we, if you listen to this podcast, you know, um, we, A&M has been probably one of our top, uh, if not our number one, maybe our number two behind Alabama recruiting rivals, you know, because mm-hmm. we end up recruiting the same areas. We, we recruit a lot of Houston, obviously A&M comes into Louisiana, um, and then the, the top, per, you know, prospects across the country, A&M is one of those top, you know, five elite schools that, that kind of every, every top 10 prospect is going to consider um there's a lot of these players who might have had lsu as their second um or third choice and they're saying this is this is what i signed up for and you know then they got then they got their buddy harold perkins who was in their recruiting class up until the last week of recruiting and now he's the you know probably the 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 breakout star of college football of the whole sport this year um you know i think that we could we might be able to we might be seeing some players who who might suit up in purple and gold next year playing against us. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm still, I'm a little, I'm still a little bit worried just because this is A&M and they do have, they do have great talent. It's a way it's a hostile environment. You know, that the, the Aggie cult will be up for this game. Um, <laughs> They're drinking that Kool-Aid starting Thursday night. Absolutely. They'll they'll probably have some cringe, uh, some cringe stand up comedy routines. Wait, did you say fringe or cringe? I thought you said cringe. I did say cringe, but fringe oh, okay, also good. works. <laughs> yeah, uh, A and M. They uh, I don't know if y'all saw the videos of the game against UMass, but it was pretty cold and rainy there too. But the stadium was basically empty in the second half, uh, which is uh, there was like three to- people which was a pretty big blow to the so-called 12th man of their, 
of their crowd that supposedly shows up for each and every game, no matter, no matter what. So even the fans are kind of like showing their, their vote against Jimbo. It's like, if you're not going to put a quality product on the field, we're not going to come. And, but I imagine that, yeah, LSU is a more enticing prospect than UMass. So uh, they'll, they'll be there um, Saturday night, closing out senior night at Kyle field. So it, it'll be tough. And we, we've been back and forth with a in the past few years. Obviously this is not their best team that they put that they fielded. Um, and LSU is favored by I think 10 points to win. Uh, but it's no, no easy feat. We can't be looking forward to Georgia um, getting our feet wet there. We got to take the steps one at a time because uh, even if we beat Georgia, a loss to A&M would scratch us from the playoff consideration for sure. Uh, I would say with three losses, uh, so it's it's one you got to win, and we definitely have the skills to beat them. We just have to kind of play like we did against UAB. One, don't commit turnovers. I know that's something that Brian Kelly is going to be doing to, to John Emery all week in practice, trying to slap the ball away from his hands, especially mm-hmm. with how thin we are running back. If Josh Williams can't come back, we basically have to run him. Uh, I was so about to say, I don't, know if, I don't know if we're going to see John Emery that much. Yeah. I mean, hopefully Josh Williams is back and ready to go and he'll be kind of the third option behind Williams and, and Noah Kane. Uh, and then, yeah, Jaden Daniels, no interceptions. A&M has good defensive backs as well. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Um, I guess both sides of the ball, we, we may want to get into our score predictions or, or whatever. I didn't know if y'all had any other kind of keys to victory against A&M. Um, I mean, I think, I think you're right. I think it, I think that it just needs to be a solid game. We don't need to set the world on fire. We don't really have mm-hmm. much to prove anymore. Um, I think that we have, with respect to the rankings, the playoff, you know, everything's it, like you said, Scott, it's going to come out today. We're recording on Tuesday. So, so tonight, at like 7 p.m., you know, the, the committee will release their things. I don't I, I think we've hit our ceiling at around four. I mean, at around five or six. Um, but I think for ourselves, we can't I don't think we can do anything else aside from beating Georgia in the in the, the SEC championship. I don't know if we can do anything else to, to elevate ourselves. I don't think beating A&M 75 to nothing would would really do anything. Um, Ooh, I, I don't know. I think that would look kind of impressive. It would look better than some of our other wins, which have been surprisingly close. Uh, you know, Arkansas comes to mind. Um, some other games, I think we, you know, we we kind of just let teams hang in. You know, like we would get down early to Auburn, and then you know we'd come back and win. But it's like uh, I, I feel like at this point, it's why not? Why not style points? But I, I agree with you in that. Even if we did beat Texas A&M seventy-five to nothing, it doesn't. It's not going to move us above everybody that's above us. I mean, beating Georgia can get us in there, but I don't know. It's like if if TCU is going to lose, I think they would have done it this past weekend, which they almost did. Same with uh, USC. I don't know. I think USC's got a loss in there somewhere. They they still have to play Notre Dame this week, and then maybe the you know the Pac-12 title game. So there could be a loss for them. But as far as Ohio State, I don't know. Can Michigan two two years in a row? I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. Michigan almost lost themselves. They had to win on a last-second field goal, uh, so against Illinois. So I'm. So what I'm saying is like, it was ripe. We missed. I don't know. I feel like some of these teams are very susceptible, but you know, someone has to lose. So if LSU beats Georgia, Michigan loses to Ohio State. You know that maybe that's the window in, but you know everything has to hold otherwise. Yeah. So I think I. I mean exactly. So like my my point is just that, you know, we don't 
necessarily like if like if we win seventy five to nothing and everyone else continues to win, I think we still are number four, number five or six. Um, yeah, yeah, it's kind of kind of the same thing as Arkansas, where like a small win is kind of the same thing as a big win, just as long as you get the W. Yeah. So I so I you know I I, I want to play a little bit you know more conservatively, get in there, get a win, hostile in a, in a hostile environment, you know, and the the best part is that A and M will take any any type of loss like it's the end of the world. So we'll still get to, you know, revel in their tears. Um it's just more of, you know, for our for our purposes, um I, I am I'm not gonna say I'm looking forward, you know, like I want to get ahead of it just, you know, uh and, and forget about AM. It's already a, a chalked win. Let's move on to the SEC championship. But I am looking forward and saying, you know, let's I hope that we're in some ways preparing for Georgia already. I hope we were, we were preparing for Georgia last week. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, you can see what happens with Ohio State and Michigan trying to look forward to the game. They they both – well, Ohio State didn't almost lose, but they, they allowed Maryland to stay in it for, you know, no apparent reason. But uh, I'd say I, – I don't know. I, I want us to kind of beat A&M thoroughly. I, I want us to show up with pre-pinted cups. So after the win, we just leave them <laughs> at their stadium. And it's, it's like number one class ever cups. And they just break them out of the garbage bags <laughs> and leave them on the sidelines. That's what I want to do to A&M. So we can end this uh, you know, game thoroughly in decisive win and put the notch. We don't have a trophy for this newfound rivalry yet, a name. I don't know if we need one, but uh, you know, I, I, I want them to know. I want them to hurt. Yeah, well, on, on that note, do we have any score predictions? Kind of think we how kind of how we think it's going to go. Like I said, LSU favored by ten over under forty seven and a half, so kind of low scoring predicted by Vegas. I mean, I, I think that uh, it's okay. Do we do we know if the weather is going to hold? Is it going to be cold? It's cold right now. I just googled it this morning. It's supposed to be about forty five chance of rain, low, but but possible on Saturday evening. Yeah. See, like, I, I feel like I'm not, like, I, I still, I think we win. I think it's going to be closer than, I, like I said, I, I think we win by 10. I think we might cover, or I could even see us winning by a touchdown. Um, mm. I don't think it's necessarily a close game in that, like, we're, we look like, oh man, we're down and then we have to come back. I think we'll lead, but I think that they'll, they'll get their licks in too. And, you know, we'll kind of bleed the clock out and, and, and get a solid, but not, outrageous win so i think we win maybe uh you know well i'll say 35 uh 24 yeah i'm kind of on the same page i think maybe even a little bit lower scoring than that uh just because the defenses on both sides are pretty solid um i'd I'd go like 27 lsu maybe 14 a&m so a 13 point win but you're not really boat racing anybody is you're kind of just you're you're getting your your hits in and, and doing your job yeah uh i i'm i'm with you guys on the lsu side anyway i'd say lsu probably 37 a&m i'll give 17 Very i just nice. if, if they if, if they could only muster 20 against uh umass um i, I don't i don't see how they score more than that against us True. And then to, to get to 10 wins on the season with AM, I think that's a significant number too, because that was kind of Brian Kelly's hallmark at 
Notre Dame was he was almost a shoe in for 10 wins like every single year. And in the last two years at LSU with with six wins a piece, or I think five actually, the one before, um, like basically doubling our win total in one season, like that that's big and getting to double digits with that option for an 11th against Georgia. Like I'm, I'm really looking forward to that, but uh, we got a lot. And then, and then a bowl first. game. Exactly. Yeah, he did yeah, all this before the bowl game. That's crazy. I mean, we're going to get I, – I think the lowest we end up with is what, um, sugar or orange? Or no, it wouldn't be orange, would it? It would be we, – we, it would be definitely in contention for Sugar Bowl. And then um, it's not – it wouldn't be the Fiesta Bowl because because that's a, a playoff game this year. Oh, maybe cotton. It, maybe it would be sugar or cotton, I think. But – um. Regardless, I mean, like, we're not, you know, we're not going to the RL Carrier Bowl. We're going to be going to a legit bowl. Totally. Uh, I've seen different projections. Uh, surely you guys have seen it. One had us playing against Tulane, which I, I think is just cute, but it wouldn't be a good game. They, they've had us playing against Kansas State, which I, you know, I'd love that shot at redemption, right? In the, uh, I think that Isn't was that, that projection in the Sugar Bowl, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then I've seen another one. I don't know. I personally, I think it would just be befitting. And if, if the two teams had the same record and there was, there was no specific tie in that they had to go to, I could see them playing us, make us play Notre Dame just for the storyline alone. You know, that'd be pretty yeah. cool. It'd, yeah. It'd be a good game. Well, speaking of Notre Dame, I, I do think I, I'm putting USC on upset alert against Notre Dame this week. I, I, I think Notre Dame might win it. Yeah, yeah. And, well, Notre Dame seems to have kind of figured it out after their early season debacles against yeah. Marshall and Stanford. Um, and <laughs> from an LSU perspective, we don't necessarily need USC to lose a game, but it would go a lot towards helping us like in, in the playoff discussion because a one-loss conference champion USC versus like a two-loss LSU, like there's, there's an argument there that USC with their national brand, one less loss – like they could slide in like above us. The committee could just kind of take the path of least resistance and be like, we're going with some undefeated teams, USC, and then LSU gets left champion. out. Yeah, but if, if they lose one, then a two-loss conference champion USC is below a two-loss conference champion LSU. And I, I don't think Clemson can jump us, even if they have one loss, just because their strength of schedule is so poor, especially with um, North Carolina losing this past week. So that weakens their um, – their championship resume as well, but yeah, in the way USC, that they've the way they've won over the past six weeks, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, they, yeah, it's you, not like they've blown everybody out and then had one slip up. But yeah, so LSU fans should be watching the USC versus Notre Dame game uh, and, and cheering for the Irish, which is a strange thing to say, um, <laughs> as well as uh, I mean the game. Isn't that why we love college football? One week, yeah, you know, it's like we're we've been we've been all over Notre Dame and trying to fight back and forth. And no, you, we didn't. They didn't want Kelly anymore. No, we wanted him. No, we 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 took him. All this kind of stuff. Well, Marcus Marcus Freeman was better. Well, we we wanted him before, but we didn't. We missed out on him. You know, all the all the weird stuff. Brian Kelly took Marcus Freeman from us, but now we took Brian Kelly. Um, and now at the end of the at the end of the season, when the dust is almost all settled. Now we're Irish fans. <laughs> yeah, and, and then just two weeks ago, we were cheering for Nick Saban in Alabama to beat Ole Miss because that's what we needed to lock up the SEC championship. And then, like that goes against every LSU fan's ethos. Uh, so it's, uh, however, it, it works out in your own favor. That's why. Oh, yeah, that's it, why it, you can't even compare this. This game is nothing like the NFL, you know, and and, and that's why it's better. Right. Totally. 
totally is. Uh, I think someone mentioned it. The uh, you know the the game, the big game, Ohio State Michigan. It's back at the horseshoe, right? Who who you got? I think Ohio State. I think Michigan. Yeah. Michigan's not. They're not what they were last year. I, I, no, I, Ohio State is not. I, everybody's down. It, you know, it's it's weird. Everybody's nobody is is just rock solid this year. Even Georgia, the number one team in the country, who I who I think is you know better than almost anybody, they're vulnerable and they've played close games. Um, but I I, I still I think Ohio State's going to be too tough for Michigan, and I think I think they'll you know have a have a nice win, and then we'll see them in the playoff. Yeah. I agree. I think Ohio State takes it. Both teams, um, maybe without their number one running back, Travion Henderson was already hurt for Ohio State, and then Blake Corum, Heisman contender, running back for Michigan, got hurt late in their game against Illinois. So um, somebody will have to step up there for for one of the teams. But, yeah, Ohio State, they got some crazy threats at wide receiver. Marvin Harrison Jr., son of legendary NFL wide receiver Marvin Harrison Sr. Did you see uh, that catch he made in the game this past weekend? Yeah, we like twisted his leg around, like to like tap yeah. it in. He's kind of going off for um, Ohio State, and they, yeah, they've got so many threats uh, on both sides of the ball. I think they take it, and then some people are um, saying that like they may ha- even have a resume chance at the number one spot at the end. But I don't think they jump Georgia, even if Georgia and Ohio State both run the table. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's still number two versus number three matchup, and in all essence, a playoff play in. Uh, so yeah. that's uh, about as big as it gets there. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I think Ohio State takes it. Um, and beyond that, I think, uh, I guess, I think TCU will wrap up the Big 12. So that'll give them probably spot number three. And that'll leave this number four spot to either Georgia, if we win, or maybe us if if uh, if we win, and like you say, Ohio State could go to one or two or what, I don't know whatever. Maybe Georgia goes to three, we go to four. If that's how it works out, I don't know. There's a lot of scenarios, but uh, with the Pac-12, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think if USC wins out and they do it handily, yeah, you're right. They're you know they're probably they. They're probably in just because they only have that one loss. And it was, you know, very close to Utah, who is also, you know, has been in playoff contention themselves, at least part of the season. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. But, you know, if LSU beats Georgia, I I don't know. Even if they don't make the playoff for some reason, I, I can't imagine they wouldn't, man. It's just crazy to think that what, what Brian Kelly's done, you know, so far. We, you know, I think we would have all been happy if he, they just beat the over and went like nine and four or something. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, I mean, the, the losses, like we, you know, we didn't expect to, to have to beat everybody. We didn't expect to lose to Tennessee like we did, but we also didn't expect to be uh, SEC West champions. I don't think quite so soon. Uh, it's would have been in our slightly over, but man, they look like they, they had no problem doing it. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, so, with that being said, oh, there was uh, uh, another little wave of uh, recruiting luck. Uh, right, he's a four-star right now. Is that right, Daniel? Yeah, actually, just, uh, Wallace yeah. Wallace Foster. Well, um, Foster, sorry. Yeah, but yeah, four-star corner out of uh, Warren Easton in New Orleans in the, the 2024 class. So we won't be seeing him for 
a little while, but LSU actually has the number one class in the country for 2024, at least as it stands right now, just in terms of, because uh, we've had a, a lot of commits. I think we're up to nine total, which is a lot for this stage of the game. Uh, no true kind of marquee players, but um, yeah, Kelly and his staff have been hitting the road early and, and locking these up. So, and yeah, uh, Foster is number four player in Louisiana. So it's good to see us um, putting tabs on the, the local talent at this stage um, and, and storing up that defensive back, kind of continuing the DBU tradition. And then I'm sure that this season, I mean, I'm not sure. I am sure because we've seen it that this season, since we've played much better than expectations, players are much more inclined to, to lean LSU as opposed to looking out of state towards other schools. Um, and so that's helped Kelly and, and his crew significantly. Uh, you, you had mentioned earlier on the podcast, Tommy, about A&M players potentially transferring to LSU. Yeah, those are some rumors kind of flying around as well. Uh, Jacoby Matthews, a true freshman for A&M, was like the best player in Louisiana in this past class. Uh, five-star safety who went to A&M has kind of played sparingly. And a lot of people are saying that he might be jumping ship to come back home basically as soon as the season ends. Uh, so watch out for that. And that's somebody who I'm sure the LSU team would kind of welcome with open arms um, after troubles with the Aggies. And, and especially, you know, I think that it'll be really interesting. What's going to, what's going to be really interesting when, when uh, the season ends and especially like, I mean, a they're not going to bowl, right? I don't think so. No, they're already no. ruled out. Yeah. Um, so I feel like there's going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of, news coming out about A&M and their NIL deals and their historic recruiting class. And if it all, if it all actually panned out the way that they kind of sold it to these players, because I, and we talked about this before, but from what, from what I've heard, um, you know, within, within the big, Oh, you know, we're going to give you a million dollars or something like that. There's a lot of these loopholes and caveats and, and everything. Um, and, and so, you know, a guy like Jacoby Matthews, who, that might've been the turning, you know, he was, he was back and forth to A&M to LSU. I remember, um, you know, there were people felt like LSU was making a big push, especially at, at the very end that Brian Kelly with the Harold Perk, you know, the, that they were going to get Harold Perkins and Jacoby Matthews. I think they even like made their final decision on the same day. Um, and so I wonder if we're going to see a lot of uh, an exodus from A&M because some of these top tier players are like, we're not winning. I'm not playing. And the checks aren't even clearing because I, because I didn't meet the requirements of, you know, Oh, I had to start as a, as a, I had to start eight games as a freshman. And if I don't start, then I don't get this performance bonus or all that kind of stuff. Um, Cause it's, it's from, from what I've heard, it's not just a clear cut. Okay. Come sign with our school. And we give you this a uh, hundred thousand dollars cash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how all that shakes out because, um, you know, Brian, you know, obviously Brian Kelly's been asked about it. He's like, oh, they're all young. That's why they're not winning. But I, I don't know. I, I also think it has something to do with the coaching, right? Like there's there's obviously something really wrong with, with Jimbo and his approach. And he's just, I, I don't know, personally, I, I don't know. I feel like he's tanking on, on purpose. He's like, oh, you guys, you, you guys like don't like losing? Watch this. And then he's just tank because he can. What does he, what does he care? He's guaranteed. Well, um, I, was, I mean, like, what are they going to do? You know, like, or if they fire him, they're going to have to pay him every all the money. 
Yeah. All of it. Yeah. Everyone's I mean, he's had, he's had injuries. He's on what is like third, fourth QB at this point. So I, I don't know. I, I think he, he knew the season was probably lost early on and he's just doing, yeah, whatever. He's playing with house money. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who might want to leave after that. Uh, I, I did want to go back and see if there are any of these games. Cause there's some things that happened this week that were just stood out to me. One being, where the hell did Vanderbilt come from? <laughs> right? Like, holy cow. And, you know, just another further confirmation of why, you know, Billy Napier may was a, maybe was a good idea, but ultimately not our best choice. Uh, but Vanderbilt, man, uh, that's two weeks in a row. They're, they're on fire. Crazy to see. Um, and then also, there was one game out there which didn't really make much sense with, with how it ended. But uh, I, I thought it was worth mentioning because you know if you're if you're a bet man you know you, I me personally I would just probably bet on the teams I want to see win. That's why I wouldn't be a good better. It's just uh, but all these teams out there that people put games on, you know, it's you could probably explain it about what the over and the under and how important that is and like how if a team does what it's supposed to do on the field, um, you know that can affect the over and under in many ways. But did you see the end of the Cal Stanford game? Um, wait, no. Ca- like Cal? Yeah, California. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Stan- uh, Cal With was Stanford. Up 20- yeah, Cal, Cal, and Stanford were playing. Yeah, Cal was up twenty-seven to seventeen, but Stanford had the ball, so <laughs> they had the ball like right around midfield, and they decided to go for a sixty-one-yard field goal. As time it was as bizarre, right? Like why? The the over under was forty six. So oh, I know. Would, no, I know. <laughs> so it's like talk about like whoa, 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 why is he kicking a field goal? Think about <laughs> those betters out there. Like, what the hell is he doing? And then the guy nails it. Yeah. <laughs> then you see some of the cow, like the cow coach was like, yeah, he did it. It's like good, good for you, buddy. Cool. Didn't affect my my team's win, but it was like, wait, was this coaching on it too? What's going? What the hell's going on? <laughs> that, that was just that was crazy. bizarre. Yeah, a suspicious. Like, I don't, I don't understand it unless, like, maybe I don't, I don't know. Like, I could see that in a high school game. You know, you're wanting your you've you've seen your kicker kicking like he's kicked 61, 60 yard field goals at practice before. We're losing. Who cares? We're not going to win. Hey, you want to go try and kick it? Let's see what happens. Like, I, I've seen that. You know, in high, but like in a Division One college football game. I think the same uh, the same uh, thinking applies. That's probably yeah. well, all it was, you know. Yeah. But uh, whatever, yeah. we're losing. Hey, go go kick it. See what yeah. you can do. Yeah, I, I've seen you do it in practice. How about we get you in the record books? There you go. Yeah, uh, it was well, the longest. Uh, it was the longest field goal in that that series, by the way. Um, but anyway, anyhow, any other games uh, stood out to you guys? I mean, there there was a lot of close games, like we had mentioned, all the top teams playing tough one tcu had to rush their field goal unit on at the last second to kick the game winning field goal as time expired I, I felt bad for dave aranda and baylor there um they they had it in the palm of their hand and let it slip away but the the horn frogs they got the magic somehow and they just sunny dykes keeps them rolling uh and then yeah ohio state was messing around with michigan uh talia tagovailoa had the the terrapins cracking along um but ohio state had a little bit too much momentum in the end. Um, looking I was, ahead I was to, watching to, that game and really hoped that Maryland would be able to do it. They mm-hmm. looked like they were they were going to be strong enough. 
Yeah, yeah. it was a real back and forth at the end. Like both teams just kept scoring and scoring, and then it, it, like nobody really could kind of clinch it. Uh, the score I think was like eleven points at the end because uh, Maryland like fumbled and they scoop and score, but it was a lot closer than that indicated. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess oh. looking ahead to to next week, is there any other marquee matchups we're looking at? I know it's rivalry week, but there isn't really too many kind of big time stuff other than like we talked about Michigan, Ohio state, and then uh, USC versus Notre Dame. I know we got, got the iron bowl, which always can be entertaining. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you think about that one uh, earlier on, I don't think anyone would give Auburn a chance, but now they got the fighting Cadillacs going and I don't know. He, I feel like if, if anyone could maybe him uh, just because it's, it's that year, you know, it's like, if you're going to take your shot at Bama, this is obviously Auburn can do that most years. You know, it's their rivalry, but I think this year it's it's possible. I don't know. Um, I would. Oh, oh, speaking of that, uh, that TCU game, God, that field goal was impressive, right? Just how quickly, with, with precision, they got oh, yeah. on the field and kicked. <clears throat> I, I, I don't think. I think we're years away from that at LSU. <laughs> <laughs> with with Brian Polian managing our special teams, I don't know if we'll ever get there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but anyway, yeah, I think the Iron Bowl will at least be an interesting game. Um, what what else is there? Oh, USC Notre Dame. I yeah, I, I think that'll be a good one. Do you know where is it? Is it uh, South Bend or is it in LA? I think it's at South Bend. Yeah. Oh yeah, that that might play into their favor. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm thinking. Cold. No, I'm sorry. It, it's it's at Notre. It's at USC. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one, one that one that I wanted to mention was. Uh, Tulane against Cincinnati ranked matchup again. If you got a little Thanksgiving hangover, you can tune into this Friday at noon, which is a weird Ooh. kickoff time. Um, but yeah, so that should be entertaining. And both teams fighting for a chance in the AAC championship and the the group of five at large bid. So uh, Cincinnati, obviously, they were in the playoff last year, but Tulane having their best season in thirty plus years. So uh, clash there. I'm really pulling for my Green Wave, although I don't have a ton of confidence they're playing at Cincinnati. Um, and Tulane kind of fell apart against UCS a couple weeks UCF a couple weeks ago. So, but yeah, that'll be fun. Also, the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving evening, kind of mm-hmm. recapping after um, the NFL game, should be interesting. So, okay, I do have a question for y'all. Switching gears, because so Hendon Hooker goes down with his season-ending injury, and but the only game they have left was would be Vanderbilt, right? That's their rivalry mm-hmm. game. Has he done enough to win the Heisman, or is he is he done? I think not. Yeah, I, yeah. I was gonna say I actually ask this to you because I, I I really don't know if there's a like a, a standout candidate out there. You know, I think the favorite right now is like a betting favorite is C.J. Stroud, but I'm I'm just not impressed with him. I mean, like he's he's great. I think he's fine. But he doesn't, you know, he's not Bryce Young last year. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's not. I think that the most, like, electric player the year this year has been Hendon Hooker. Um, I don't, you yeah, know, Hooker. it doesn't necessarily mean. Um, uh, doesn't necessarily mean that uh, he's, you know. I'm sorry. Wait, I, I lost it. But anyways, my point is that. Uh, yeah, you're right. This this field is a little bit is a little bit weaker than years past. It's okay, but yeah, I think I think you're right in that Hooker had the early lead kind of midway through the season, and then with Tennessee's slow up with two losses now at this point to Georgia and a big one against South Carolina, plus his injury, 
I think that that train kind of stalled a little bit at the end. Uh, and then, so now the, the race is kind of down to, you mentioned CJ Stroud with Ohio state, um, Blake Corum, like I said, the running back for Michigan's had a really big statistical year. Um, but then he's hurt possibly for this last game. If he can play and puts up a big performance against Ohio state, um, I could see that one kind of playing into his favor. And then the other one people are talking about is Caleb Williams quarterback for USC um, is having a, a big year statistically. And he was one of the favorites also going into the year. Uh, so that's, kind of your kind of quote unquote finalists around there, like between William Stroud and uh, maybe Corum. It's a bit weird to not be talking about Bryce Young in that conversation, uh, defending Heisman winner and had basically at as good as, if not maybe better season this year, but just his wide receiver weapons and the, the team around him weren't quite as, as solid. So uh, tough to see him not really kind of competing for that shot, but um, yeah, I agree that this year there's not really one person who's like, wow, he's going to win the Heisman, kind of like you saw yeah. Joe Burrow or, or Bryce Young last year. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that uh, – I don't know. I see the same, same thing with – yeah, with, with Williams. Like, I mean, he's great. Caleb Williams is great. But I don't think that uh, – I, I think if I, had to, if I had to bet right now, if you had told me, like, okay, pick somebody, I actually think I might pick Caleb Williams to win it because I think that – I think that the national media is begging to have USC be relevant again. I don't think they're going to be relevant in the playoff picture, but I think that getting, you know, awarding them a Heisman brings them back into the forefront and sets them up for, for maybe a, a, a big playoff run next year. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, totally. And I mean, it, it yeah. And they're, they're thinking, Hey, why, why not this year? Either way. Um, Man, uh, some other games I did want to mention just because I think they're they could be relevant. Uh, one would be uh, there's Florida, Florida State. Um, so I don't know. I think that game would be interesting. It, I don't think it'll change anything, but uh, you know, Florida State wins that one. I think they're going to think, okay, we're we're back. And, you know, then they're going to be top top fifteen probably only with three losses, and you know they're they beat us so. They're going to have something to say. Um, another one would be South Carolina Clemson. Like, I don't, I don't know. Clemson seems a little off this year as well. I don't know. South, South Carolina, Carolina a huge win. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love, I loved them watching them play. I, I, I watched that South Carolina game, man. Shane Beamer has got something going on at, uh, in South Carolina. I'm excited about well, it. Well, Spencer Rattler finally played like the top, recruit quarterback that he, he was after he's been for uh, the past three years <laughs> yeah some up and downs Oklahoma and then a pretty mediocre season so far in South Carolina it's like he, he's been saving it up in a champagne bottle and he uncorked it for this he's like, all right time to play yeah I think he had five TDs over seven SEC games in this one game he had six yeah it's crazy like welcome and, to the club man I mean what if they, if they take out Clemson that'd be kind of great too Mm-hmm. I feel like I've, I've this year I've like become a Clemson hater. I don't know why. But I just, it's I, I think that's one of the other teams I saw. Like we we could potentially play them in the Sugar Bowl if if they went out or something. I, I don't know. Uh, I've I've seen different models, but like if they win out, you know they're they're still around. They'll they'll stay in the top ten probably. Mm-hmm. So something to keep an eye out for. Um, anything else? I had one little topic considering that this is a 
Thanksgiving week, I wanted to, to poll the, the co-host and see if there was one thing in, in LSU sports that we've been thankful for recently. Uh, something that, that's kind of made us a little bit happy. <laughs> a little bit happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little bit grateful. Yeah, I, I'll say it. I, I'm grateful there are no new allegations. That's that's a good one. Yeah, I'm <laughs> grateful that the yeah. I mean, seems like seems like uh, firing Will Wade might have been the trick. <laughs> what about you, Daniel? Um, I'm gonna say I'm thankful for uh, stability because, like, with Coach O, there there was a lot of fun, but there was a lot of like terrible cringe moments as well. Brian Kelly is right. like it's. Uh, we're steady Eddie and we're not like the laughing stock of college football. Like we're not the circus sideshow that everybody's like, we got to check in all this week to see what new nonsense LSU has been up to. Uh, yep. And so I'm, I'm glad that we've got a little bit of respect on our name, both on the field and off. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's a good. It's a good, a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, what am I thankful for? I mean, I think the e- the easy one is just, I'm thankful for Harold Perkins, but I mean, that guy <laughs> has been, Gosh, when you see him, you're like, who who is this? Um, but that's also kind of a I mean, that's pretty pretty trite in the LSU media, I think. Yeah, there's a lot of hair. I saw somebody saying Harold Perkins needs to be considered for the Heisman. Like, okay, hold on a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> um, maybe next year. Let's see what happens. Maybe, yeah. Maybe probably junior year, maybe, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean the stability is a good one, Daniel. I think I think you're right on that. Um I mean so the allegations that's a great one scott you're uh, we've almost pretty much forgotten about the you know it's like a year ago it's like well, are we even going to have a program and you know with all with lsu allegations i mean football allegations and basketball allegations um but well, that just means usa today is cooking up a heater of a piece to drop at a moment's notice with the latest uh <laughs> yeah usa today is going to drop a black friday piece <laughs> and but the best thing about the usa today piece is it's always like the this 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 great investigative piece will then will preview another piece it's like it forthcoming there will be a an article coming from us soon when we get the information from the ncaa um yeah yeah i mean, I mean i'm i think I'm, I'm thankful for the stability and you know i'm just I, this is totally switching gears but um i'm thankful for lsu baseball looking like we're gonna have a a, a really solid team coming up this year you know, I've, I've paid attention a little bit to the to the scrimmages. They had a gold gold versus purple game, and um, the, the the World Series or the gold yeah, series, yeah. and or oh, they call it gold series. Is that right? Or uh, yeah, they call it the purple and gold series. I don't know. So it's like you know, it's a three game. It's a World Series, but they call yeah. it. yeah yeah they have a name on it. I'm horrible for not knowing, but yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just excited about that. I think I think that you know. What's Tommy Tank seems to be doing? You know, he seems to be doing good. And we got, of course, we got Dylan Cruz and uh, Trey, uh, um, Trey, that guy, Trey Morgan. I almost said, I kept thinking Trey Turner. I'm like, no, that's the shortstop for, uh, he plays, he played professional baseball. But, anyways, um, so yeah, I'm excited about that. I think I'm thankful for for that. Yeah. Amen. Uh, And I, I was, I was right. It is called the Purple and Gold. World Series. Uh, oh. It was uh, the the gold team was declared the winner. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's exciting to see what what they're gonna do. And uh, you know, for us, for me personally, since we we follow it and we talk about it, it's having pitchers 
like starting pitchers to talk about in their individual performances instead of, you know, Johnny Holstaff stuff. So looking forward Agree. to that. Um, but grateful to uh, always be able to wrap it up with you guys and uh, look forward to the next week. Uh, it's that's another year. Um, kind of like how our first year started, you know, with this very, you know, surprise performance from this team. So I, I guess overall, I'm grateful for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we've been through four football seasons at this point on the podcast. One good, two bad, and one very, or one very good, two bad, one good, but also could be, you know, could be determined to even be better. Or basically True. like graduating from college at this point gone through four years <laughs> yeah yeah and uh actually it's it's interesting because uh i think pretty soon you know december 7th is coming up and you know that's a very uh marked day in uh, american history but the whole point of the uh memorial it's like it's there's a high point and then there's the the dip in between to the other high points but you know that's basically what the last four years have been right is that uh, the rise fall but then the rise again and yeah, you know, who knows? It remains to be seen how how far it will rise. But I think Brian Kelly's uh, definitely started himself off on the right foot. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I think that that might do it for us here. Unless you guys had any any final thoughts, we'll uh, we can always reserve them till till after Thanksgiving when we talk about this uh, this A and M game. I, I mean, I think that does it for me. Just happy Thanksgiving to everybody, and um, you know, have a have a uh, have a good holiday. Amen. Uh, I, I second that. So I'm sure Daniel thirds it. And uh, having said all that, that'll pretty much do it for us here on Talking Tigs. Hope everyone has a great Thanksgiving. Uh, can can sit back, relax, and watch some football this weekend, pro and college. And uh, stay safe, stay tuned, and we'll talk to you next time on Talking Tigs.